The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. 8 from verse 1. We'll start from there. Psalm 8 from verse 1. And Heavenly Father, we ask that you send your word to us. Open our eyes. Touch us one and all. Let us see what you are communicating to us by your spirit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, just a little prelude before we begin to read. Um, the prophetic word has come to us this year that it's a year of recovery. That's the first word that came. And, of course, several other words came after that. Five primary words. And, of course, God is going to speak other things to us in the course of the year. And it's very, very instructive that God is talking about recovery. Um, perhaps because of all that has besieged our world in the last couple of years because of the global pandemic. A lot of losses have been recorded um, all over the place. And then thinking about that and thinking about the prophetic God and praying about it, the Spirit of God now stay ministering to me. We should um, understand very well what God is saying when he's talking to us about recovery. Because it's not just about the job you lost or the money you lost or the opportunity you lost. It's a lot more than that. And that's really what is at the heart of this teaching series. God is revealing to us um, what he wants us to have and experience. As a church, um, as individuals, what he really wants us. When you are telling someone, recover. The, the, the anchor scripture we look at there is or the anchor scripture Dr. K shared with us, we've, we've talked about that story for a long time. First Samuel 30, David's experience. When the Amalekites came and burnt down his city, took away his family. We've read that story over and over. That's why I'm not opening it to you this morning. And primarily what David lost there was, of course, his city, his wife, his children. And when he prayed, God, should I pursue these people that came to raid me and... God told him, pursue, you will surely recover all. And that's how David started the journey. But I've, I've, I've shared with you from that text many times. Now, on the surface, or just looking at things, David would have thought what God wanted him to recover was just his family, his wife, and his children. When God said, recover all. But if you really read the story, particularly if you read the next chapter, you will see that that's not all he got from that incident. Several years before then, God had told David and God had anointed him. You are going to be the king of Israel. Roughly about 13 years before then. All that happened at that time, that negative experience of the Amalekites coming to attack David and raid his family and take those things. Those things were happening because a season had come in David's life where the fulfillment of what God told him was about to come to pass. Unknown to David, while he was fighting the Amalekites, King Saul was also fighting the Philistines on another side. And he was killed, and his sons were killed. And all of a sudden, the nation of Israel had no king. 
and the prophecy that God gave David. And everybody in the nation knew when God anointed David. The, the word spread around. And all the things that happened after that, of course, Saul got to know. Saul was bitter and angry and wanted to kill David. And David became the nation's number one fugitive, running up and down the place. And because 13 years had come and gone, and seemingly what God said had not happened, I guess most people had come to realize, ah, well, it's just one of those things. But all of a sudden, a season came where the current king died, and then the nation was now looking for another king. And people now started saying, let's go and get David. Let's make him the king. All that happened around that time. You see, it was a season of recovery for David. But it wasn't just what he lost in the present. It also included the prophecies that God had spoken over his life. It was now time for him to ascend the throne. And within a short period of time, it was first, the, um, at that time, the, the nation was split into two. There was Judah and there was the rest of Israel. It was Judah that first anointed David as their king. And eventually the whole nation came and embraced him. A glory that God had ordained for David to walk in now became his actual manifestation. And a new chapter in his life begun. Praise God. Are you with me this morning? God means to do something special in our lives at this time. There are things that are available to us. Some of them have been spoken for years, perhaps decades. And maybe like David, it looks like it's not going to happen anymore. Events have come and gone. Difficulties have come and gone. It looks like what God has said is not going to come to pass. But I came to announce to somebody this morning, no word of God over your life will fall down to the ground. Every prophecy will be fulfilled. Every seed that God has sown into your life and destiny, it will bring forth fruit. Just like it happened for David. So the Lord said, opening my eyes, when I'm talking about recovery, I'm not just talking about things you lost in COVID or things you can see with your physical eyes. No, I'm going way beyond that. And that's what brings us to Psalm 8 that I want to read this morning. Verse 1 says, O Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. And he begins to exalt God and praise God. I want to quickly jump because of time. Verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him? Can somebody declare out loud this morning, God is mindful of me. I can't hear you this morning. Say, God is thinking about me. Somebody declare out loud, God has great plans for me. I'm still not hearing somebody's. Declare with me, God has a great future ahead of me. What is man? The psalmist started to reason. Spiritual reasoning that you are mindful of him. What is the son of man that you visit him? And then he, he, he thought back to creation. 
specifically Adam in the garden. You have made him a little lower than most of the translations say the angels, but if you look at the note, if you have a very good Bible that has a note there and you click that note, you will see that the actual word there was Elohim. People that translated the scriptures had a problem with that. At that time, there wasn't that much revelation that God actually made man in his image and his likeness, even though it was clearly written in scriptures. So people used to think that men are lower than angels. Just the same way today, some people believe that evil spirits are stronger than them. People are afraid about evil spirits and all those things. And that's not true. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. God made us a little lower than himself, Elohim. And God crowned him with glory and honor. Hallelujah. He crowned Adam with glory and honor. He crowned man with glory and honor. Verse 6, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Dominion, what God is doing on the earth. God wants his children to be in charge. We are his co-workers. You have put all things under his feet. All sheep and oxen. Even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. Oh Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Praise God. So when God made man, the first man, the template that God created, and we know this from the story in Genesis, it was a man that was clothed in the glory and the honor of God. Just to ensure we're all on the same page, what does the word glory mean? It really means fullness, completeness. So when you say the glory of somebody, the glory of Pastor T is the fullness of Pastor T, the completeness of Pastor T. Pastor T in his best light. Pastor T in his brightest light. When you say the glory of God, you are talking about the completeness of God. God in his best light. The best version of God. We like to define it this way. All that God is. All that God has. And all that God can do. Praise God. So God did something in creating humanity and creating mankind. He took off all that he is, according to the psalm and according to scriptures, all that he has. And all that he can do, and he clothed man with it. Particularly where this earth is concerned. I believe we're all familiar with the story in Genesis. God created the entire world. You see, he was talking about, oh Lord, how excellent is your name. You're, you set your glory in the heavens. You created the earth. God did all that, and God delegated it to man. I think God is working on some other projects, some other planets and some other galaxies. Praise God. But God said this one, Adam, 
take charge. And for you to be able to take charge, I'm going to share my glory with you. All of my wisdom I'm going to make available to you. And God started testing him. You know the story of Adam? God could have named the animals. But the Bible said God brought all of them to Adam and asked Adam to name them. And whatever Adam named them, that is their name. Many people always try to pit science against scriptures and spiritual realities. I do it the other way because I understand that God created science. So do you know that today, scientists are still discovering new species of animals? Talk to me, somebody. And do you know when they discover them, they name them? It's that glory of man that people are still walking in. You all hear about Hurricane Katrina. We don't have them in this part of the world. Hurricane Andrew. What do you think happens there? There are some scientists that are studying the earth, even in this fallen world. Please hear me and hear me very well. Your life is about to change according to what God has planned for you. Even in this earth. And when they discover those stars or those um, weather patterns or something, the scientists, they give it a name. It's somebody that named the COVID-19 Alpha Beta and Omicron. They are the ones, somebody. But watch, it wasn't just anybody. It's not one mechanic by the street. No offense to mechanics. Why? That mechanic by the street, and again, no offense to him, he's not working in a glory that God has given man. The scientist, on the other hand, that has intelligence that has wisdom to study science and to study the stars and what is going on, he's walking in a glory. A God-ordained glory that God gave man. When you see anybody doing anything outstanding legally now, in any field or the other, super egos are playing today. And all those footballers that are standing out in that sport that hopefully are still making all of us happy. You know, we always support the winning team. When they are winning, we support them. That excellence, that, that athlete, whether it's a Ronaldo or anybody you're talking about, they are walking in glory that God clothed man with. It's an ability. You can't play ball like them. Do you know that? Well, if you can, and you are sitting down in church, you are in the wrong place. So you should be on a field somewhere. <laughs> Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? There's a glory of God that every man can walk in, even fallen man. Some people will be asking, ah, why are there unbelievers that make money? I will tell you why. Because though when Adam sinned, he lost that glory. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. People can still, there are still traces of it everywhere. There are still traces of it. So don't be surprised if you see someone that is an unbeliever in that sense and is excelling academically. 
The glory of God was given to man from the very beginning, and God never withdrew it. All that happened is because of the sin of Adam, things were stolen from us. Because of COVID-19, things were stolen from us. And when God begins to declare recovery, like I sense God is declaring in what he's telling us, he's not just talking about money or clothes or opportunities or tangible things that we may have lost because of this global chaos. That is a part of it. But God is telling every one of us, there's a glory I've ordained for you to walk in. There's a cloak of glory that I've ordained for you to walk in. There's a cloak of glory God is putting upon us in this church at this time. Somebody shout cloak of glory. Adam lost it, Adam and Eve. The moment Satan was able to deceive them and they began to walk contrary to the instruction God gave them, the manifestation of that glory wasn't there up until that time in that garden, they were living a life of glory. And that's a lesson for all of us. If we will follow the word of God, please hear this and hear this very well, and believe the word of God, and live our lives according to the word of God, when we miss it, we go back to God and get correction. If we will just follow God's leading. Remember the prophecy God gave us last Sunday? If you will walk with me, I have gone ahead of you. I've made the crooked pathway. If you walk with me, I will bring you to the fullness of what I have for you. Adam and Eve stopped walking with God. Because a lie of the devil was introduced to them. And what they really lost was this glory that God has made available for humanity to dominate this world. When Christ came, hallelujah, he restored that glory to full effect for humanity. And that's an edge that we believers have. Naturally speaking, there may not be anything that looks like glory in your life. There may be natural limitations. There may be limitations in your background. There may be limitations in your experiences. But bless God, and I pray somebody is hearing the word of the Lord this morning. If you are in Christ, you are a candidate to wear the glory of God all over again. And that's what is being restored to you in such a time as this. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. You're going to have to think big with me. And think wide with me. Go to Romans chapter 9. Let's go a bit further here. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory be to God. Somebody say the glory of God is my portion. Hallelujah. Say it again. The glory of God is my portion. I am meant to walk in God's glory. I am meant to live in God's glory. I can't hear somebody. I am meant to manifest God's glory. I want somebody to catch that truth this morning. I am meant to manifest the glory of God. My life is meant to manifest the glory of God. All that God is, all that God has, all that God can do. 
Praise God. If that glory is a manifestation, poverty will not dominate your life. If that glory is a manifestation, sickness and disease will not dominate your life. If that glory is a manifestation, failure and shame will not dominate your life. If that glory is a manifestation, regrets about the past will not be in your life. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Hallelujah. Now, there may be manifestations of sickness now. Just like there was manifestation of robbery and loss in the life of David in, in um, 1 Samuel chapter 30. But when you get that cloak of glory up on you again afresh, and as a child of God, you have access to that. When you get that cloak of glory upon you, there will be recovery beyond your wildest imagination. That's where God is taking us to. I see some of you rising up so fantastically this season. Remember one of the prophecies, the fifth key word. It's going to be a year of what? What's that word? That first word, that quality. It's not just breakthrough. The first word, overwhelming breakthrough. Like I called it the other time. Landing on the moon kind of testimonies. When a shepherd boy that people in his family did not think his life would amount to anything will be catapulted to become the king of the nation. <laughs> that is the glory of God in manifestation. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, God has that plan to decorate your life with glory in the name of Jesus. Ideally, if Adam had not sinned, it would have been our default. Just like when we all get to heaven, that will be our default. Where we get into this place where sin is not prevailing, poverty is not prevailing, everybody in heaven is walking full and clothing glory. But God did not reserve his glory for just heavenly places. That was why he made Adam and put him on the earth and gave him his glory on the earth, crowned him with glory and honor. And that's why we have evidences of men, men, men. Elon Musk is a man who, he's not a god. All these billionaires. I mean, growing up, it was just the wealthiest people were what? Four billion, five billion, ten billion? Now watch this. I don't know whether you saw the news. In the midst of the pandemic, two, three years ago, Many of them doubled their wealth. I, I was reading something that Dan Gote's wealth increased by 100 and something billion in the last two years. In a time where, please watch what we're saying, where losses are happening for most people. Their own wealth was growing. See, when you see outstanding things like that, please hear me and understand what we are saying this morning. It's not just a matter of whether you're a believer or not a believer. For you to be walking in those kind of dangerous wealth, it's a, an oppression on one level or the other. The glory of God, of course. Some people may also be using evil power, but let's stick with what we know. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, I'm not telling you that you're going to be the next Elon Musk or the Lex Dangote. Somebody said, I believe when I said, that's okay. But I'm talking to a thousand and one people here. <laughs> that's not my point. But this is my point. 
every one of us can walk in the glory of God on one level or another. Everyone. Somebody say everyone. everyone. And look how the Bible says God is going to do it. Romans chapter 9. Let, let's start reading from verse 14 to just get it in context. What shall we say then? Romans 9 and verse 14. Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Hallelujah. And I will have compassion on whomever I will have compassion. Praise God. So then it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who show mercy. Now watch this, verse 17, this is where I'm going. For the scripture says um, to Pharaoh, for this purpose I raised you. Hallelujah. That I raised you that I may show my power in you. That my name may be declared upon the earth. Hallelujah. So verse 22, so he gave us the example of Moses and Pharaoh that even Pharaoh... All that God did through Pharaoh, watch what the scripture was telling us there, using the example of Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a very dumb, was of course the most powerful person on the face of the earth. And God said, even you, an unbeliever that didn't know me, I allowed you to rise to that place because I wanted to show my glory what I can do. And all that God did by bringing out the people of Egypt under the tyranny of Pharaoh and the dominion of Pharaoh and bringing them to the promised land, when God came and defeated Pharaoh in all of his glory, God showed that there's somebody more greater than him and more powerful than him. The Bible said when the children of Israel are walking through the wilderness, by the time they go to Jericho, they said, we have heard about you. What God did for you concerning Pharaoh. And our hearts melted. <laughs> they were afraid of them. So God can, please, this is where I'm going. God can show his glory through whom he wants to show his glory. Did you get that? Did you see that there? Now quickly jump down to this, verse 22. Because this is what God is saying to us this season. What if God, wanting to show his wrath, to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? And that... Our main focus, verse 23. I wish I had time to break all those things down, but I just want you to see the flow of the thoughts. And that he might make known the riches of his glory in the vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory. Let me read that verse 23 to us again. And that he might make known the riches of his glory in the vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand. For glory. So it talks about people that God is allowing them to shine because God is going to show his wrath in them. We don't teach about this much in church, particularly at this time, because really our gospel is that God is a God of grace. God is a God of love. God is a God of compassion. And what God wants to show everybody is his compassion in this dispensation. But the Bible tells us that a time will come where after God has wound down the window of grace, when Christ comes the second time, anyone that has not yet accepted the grace of God, we have preached and preached to you, we have talked and talked, if not listen, God will eventually visit them with his wrath. And God can demonstrate for all. That's why we should preach salvation to sinners, to get saved. And he used Pharaoh as an example. Pharaoh was a prime example of vessels of wrath. But then he said there's some, something else. Vessels of mercy. Somebody shout out loud, I'm a vessel of mercy. And the example was the children of Israel. 
They had been in bondage for several years, generations of bondage. And God visited them. Hallelujah. I prophesy over somebody under the sound of my voice. In 2022, God will visit you uniquely in the name of Jesus. God visited them and God showed them his glory. Men, they saw the glory of God. They saw what God could do. Hallelujah. They saw it. They saw who God is. They saw his power. They saw his favor. They saw his ability in their lives. God told us this year is going to be a year of Goshen experience for us. You are a vessel of mercy and you see God's glory this year in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You read the story of the children of Israel. When Moses first came and said, declaring these things to them, God has sent me to deliver you. Some of them did not believe it. And you know how it was. When Moses came and said, declaring to Pharaoh, God has sent that he wants to bring his people out, let my people go. Pharaoh said, oh, it means these people don't have work. That you are talking about a deliverer. Who is going to deliver you? I am the most powerful man on the face of the earth. He did not know God allowed him to rise there because God had a plan. He was manifesting glory allowed by God. But God had a plan. And God had that plan that, look, I, you see, if it was mentioned the name of one leader that you don't like in your heart. <laughs> that will not register in the signs of time that God delivered the children. We won't be talking about him. But God said in 2022, I still want them to be talking about my glory. Please, somebody hear me this morning. Many times our minds are too small to catch up to what God wants to do. I want to show my glory in the lives of the descendants of Abraham. I'm good. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will show favor on whom I will show favor. For me to do that, I want the record to be so clear that thousands of years after, generations of, they will still be talking about my glory. And there's a reason, I'm going to show you that in a minute, why God wants us to be talking about God's glory, what he is, what he can do, what he has for us at a time like this. There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. But the point here is this. Look at that verse 23 again. And that he might make known the riches of his glory. That's what we are talking about. God wants it to be known. First and foremost to you. And to everybody else that we hear about the story of what God is doing in your life. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Some of the children of Israel, they didn't believe it at first. Then when Pharaoh now doubled their punishment, say, hey, hey, you people are talking about going somewhere. You want to go on vacation. It means you don't have much work. <laughs> he made their life harder. And it seemed like the promise that God gave them and the promiser that God sent to send the message, it looked as if he was a fake man of God. But Moses just kept speaking the word of God. Hallelujah. He kept speaking the word of God. And one plague after another, one plague after another, God started demonstrating his glory in their lives. That he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory. Even us, verse 24, 
Hallelujah. Somebody shout, even us. And remember, he referred us to the story of Moses and Pharaoh, the children of Israel in Egypt. Even us, whom he called, not only of the Jews, but also of the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands where you are and say, I'm a candidate of God's glory. I am a vessel of God's mercy. This year, God will show me mercy. Oh, I can't hear somebody. This year, God will show me mercy. This year, I will manifest the glory of God in my life. I will display the riches of God's glory. Say it again. I will display the riches of God's glory in my life. Shout hallelujah if you believe it. I will display. It, it's a cloak. It, it's something God puts on you. And I prophesy over someone here, even before this service is over, that cloak is going to come upon you in the name of Jesus. Look, it's important to remind you if you are born again, you already carry this thing on your inside. What Adam lost for humanity in the garden, Christ restored to humanity in the garden. One is Garden of Eden, one is Garden of Calvary. Or Garden of Gethsemane. Well, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. One, they are both gardens. He restored it. Praise God. Watch this simple analogy. And now that even though Adam lost the glory for all humanity, it's possible that even people that don't know Christ still manifest glory. Because there's nothing devil can do that can totally wipe away what God has done. And the same way, unfortunately, what Christ has done, sad enough many times, is just only a few people that get to manifest that glory. And I dare to say, even those of us that are manifesting it to some level, we have not yet seen the depth of it yet. We have not. Thank God for what we have tasted, we have not. So Ephesians chapter 1, Apostle Paul said, let me read from verse 15 to catch the context for us. Therefore also, since I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for the saints, since I heard you are born again, you are now going to church regularly. You believe in Jesus. You even showed up for workers' meeting. Your love for the saints. You are ready to serve people. Since I had, he said in verse, um, verse 18, I still pray for you that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. I'm teaching it. I'm proclaiming it, but that's not enough. We need to pray it. We have always prayed it. We need to pray it deeper with more understanding. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of his glory. The riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. He's talking about the same riches of God's glory. 
He is telling you, he's telling me. When you go born again, something that you should have been enjoying. Um, in Colossians chapter 2, the Bible says that the glory was ordained for us before the foundation of the world. That was God's plan. For man to be clothed with glory and honor and to walk in dominion. But one man lost it. And because of that, just very few people perhaps can be manifesting it. But thank God the second man or the second Adam brought it back. And now everyone can manifest it. And we can manifest it when our eyes are opened to it. Hallelujah. I'm praying for you, Apostle Paul said, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. You have seen some things, oh, but you have not seen anything yet. The riches of his glory. We need two powerful things to wear this cloak. Apostle Paul shared it to us in Ephesians 1 and in Ephesians 3. Go with me to Ephesians 3. I'm beginning to close. So number one, I need my eyes to open. Somebody pray with me this morning. Say, Father, open my eyes to see the riches of your glory available unto me in Christ Jesus. Pray that prayer and you understand it one more time. Father, everybody open your mouth and talk to God. Father, open my eyes. Open my eyes. I can't hear somebody. Open my eyes to see the riches of your glory available unto me in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You pray and you pray it in the spirit. You pray it in the spirit. The second thing you are going to need is strength. Look at it in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another prayer I prayed. Another prayer I prayed to them concerning the riches of God's glory. From whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. To be strengthened with might. Hallelujah. Through his spirit in the inner man. It's not enough to see that glory. Look at David. After that anointing came upon him, obviously some things started happening in his life. Please hear me and hear me very well. Then that day that he went to take food to his brothers on the battlefield and he saw Goliath. See, when the Bible talks of strength, it's not talking about muscles. It's talking about boldness, courage. And he saw the entire army. Please just try and picture this for a moment. We are familiar with David's story. The entire, everybody was afraid. I, sir, I don't know about you. Naturally speaking, you too will be afraid. Am I talking to you? Ten footmen. He didn't even say, send ten men. Send one man to come and fight. The king was afraid. And of course, he had a track record. And here came this boy that has never enlisted in the army, that has never trained in the army, but 
glory has come upon him. Hallelujah. Glory had come upon him. And he got to that place and he saw him. And there was courage in his heart. It was supernatural. They didn't teach him in school. No man gave it to him. He didn't prepare for it. Praise God. You see, many times, it's not that we are not seeing something. It's the mountain in your front that is carrying you. Don't move too much. The one I'm talking about you. The economic mountain. Political mountain. We are talking about politics. Oh, it was even this morning. <laughs> Some people are complaining that one man should not run. I won't mention any names. You, you decode. And I'm analyzing. I said, who else will run? And I'm telling people he's going to win if certain things are in place. Not because he's necessarily my favorite candidate, but who else has the political taxes that this man has displayed over the last 30 years? You may not like him, but what he has on ground. Again, I'm not mentioning any names. It's only those that know that know. <laughs> and by the way, this is not the political forum. <laughs> but here is a guy that just came up. I said, I will kill this guy. That, that, that's what he's talking about here. I will kill this guy. So I'm praying because, sir, even Moses, to walk up to Pharaoh in Egypt... Remember what we read in Romans chapter 9 that God said, look, I allowed Pharaoh to amass all this glory. Look, when people are doing outstanding, they may not be believers. And we are not talking about people that may be doing juju and things like that. God just allowed them. It's still the glory that God put on Adam. Are you the only ruler on the face of the earth? Why should you be the greatest? It's the glory of God you are wearing. Pharaoh did not know it. And God told him, I allowed you to walk in that glory because I had something else planned. A Moses is coming that is going to deliver my people and I want them to be telling the story for generations to come. But the boldness of Moses to go before Pharaoh, hey, is one thing to have had on the mountain and to see the, the burning bush and to hear the call, go, set my people free. To now walk before Pharaoh and tell him, no, the Arabs say they will lock me up. They will kill me. But somebody had strength with might by God's spirit. Hallelujah. In their inner man. Are you with me this morning? Let's close. Exodus chapter 33. Kayala broshara baraka. We're going to pray one prayer Moses prayed. And we're going to pray it in the light of the New Testament. Exodus 33. So, the burning bush had appeared before Moses. He had caught the vision. Please hear, hear me and hear me very well. Hear me. Somebody's life. This, I told you something God told me. 2022 is that year that you're going to get it. Does somebody remember that word? You're going to get it. Like David, they may have prophesied over you 13 years ago, you'll be king. And 12, 13 years may have come and gone. That prophecy has eluded you. 2022, 20, you're going to do what? You're going to get it. I believe when God told David, recover all, it included the prophecy that had eluded him all his life. Not just what the Amalekites took. 
So Moses came. He saw the vision. He got the word. He came to Egypt, announced to Pharaoh. Pharaoh told him, you're not going there. They're not going anywhere. Exodus 33, are you there? We are closing. Hallelujah. In fact, rise on your feet with me. And of course, God now started doing all the wonders. Please follow what the scripture is telling us here. The first plague came. The second plague came. The third plague. The tenth plague. By that time, God broke Pharaoh's back. Hallelujah. Pharaoh said, you guys can go. They came out of Egypt. Pharaoh pursued them. They were afraid again. Ah, maybe the God that... You know, it's really amazing how we human beings behave. When we are not strengthened with might by God's spirit in our inner man. I mean, you will have thought, ah, the God that delivered us with those ten plagues, stand still and see the, the deliverance of the Lord. He will deliver us again. But they were afraid. And perhaps, naturally speaking, maybe you'd be afraid too. When one president lines tank along the border of your country and says he wants to invade you. Again, we are not mentioning any names. <laughs> Praise God. They were afraid. But God showed up again. They crossed the Red Sea. Please follow me, oh, follow me. Because really, what Romans 9 was doing for us was telling us the glory that they experienced in Egypt, the Goshen experience. And Gado Sataya Labra. It's available for you now. They crossed the Red Sea. Pharaoh tried to pursue them. The armies drowned. They traveled through the wilderness. Water came out of the rock. Manna came from heaven. All manner of plagues, all manner of challenges. They went through all that. So manner of miracles. Then they came to this place in Exodus 33. And then the word of the Lord came to Moses again. <laughs> Praise God. Like we have come into this year, 2022. And I know each and every one of us, particularly those of us that have worked with God for a reasonable period of time, we have seen the glory of God in one measure or another before. Can I get a witness? Has God done something for you in your marriage, your career, your finances, your children? Has God saved your soul from hell? Are you, 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 you've seen God's power. You've seen God's glory. But watch what Moses understood here. This is what I want you to close. And this is how I want you to think. When we are talking about the riches of God's glory. This is your key to recovery. I told you the other time, Thanksgiving is your key. I'm giving you key number two. The riches of God's glory. Then the Lord said to Moses again, depart and go up from here. God is telling us as a church. Rebuild again, restart again. You are, you've seen something up to now, but you are starting again. You and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I will show you, I swore to your father Abraham, Isaac, and, and Jacob. You know, it's always amazing when the word of God comes to you afresh and God is saying the same thing he told you last year. The same thing he told you. God's word does not change. Hallelujah. What he intended from the beginning, see what he intended for you. go into the place. You have come thus far. You have seen a lot. You have crossed the Red Sea. You have seen water come out of the rock. You have seen manna come from heaven. You have seen me drown the armies of Pharaoh in the river. You have seen me deliver you from this and deliver you from that. But now go again. You are not yet there. 
you are not yet there. My time is spent, but long and short, Moses told God after their conversation. Verse Let's read from verse 17. So Moses had asked for several things. <laughs> I wish we had time. Please, when you get to read Exodus 33 again, the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have spoken for you, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. And verse 18, Moses said, please. 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 This year. Show me your glory. I know it's because you put that cloak on me and you put that cloak on us that we made it thus far. And I would have thought, ah, we have done quite enough. Let us go home. God said, no. There's still more journey ahead of you. Lift your hands. We're going to pray this way in the light of what I shared, shared with you. Say, Heavenly Father, in 2022, show me the riches of your glory. Clothe me with your glory. Let me manifest your glory in every area of my life. Everything that I have lost, knowingly or unknowingly due to COVID or due to the sin of Adam everything I ought to be enjoying that life has stolen from me thank you Lord this is my year of recovery so I pray Father show me your glory open your mouth and talk to God the best way the preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria we are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00640.